glad that you're here. If you're a guest visiting with us today, this is a different week for us. And we say that uh, unapologetically, quite honestly. I love that we take time in the course of a year to stop and celebrate the fact that people are taking very real steps in their relationship with Christ. I love it. And it's, it's really cool to be able to see. And I know that if you, if you just come to one service, of course, that's what's appropriate. But just coming to one service, you don't get a chance to see the, the, the entire picture of life change. Today, we have over 70 people taking steps to follow after Christ. We have families dedicating their children. We have, I think we have four or maybe even eight. of the, uh, uh, How many total do we have uh, dedicating? Eight. Yeah, four, okay, four, four children dedication, but we have 24 people taking a step towards baptism and 41 plus people joining the church today. So it is incredible to see people take steps. And so I'm thankful they can celebrate that. That's a big deal. I also want to celebrate this as well. Last week we, uh, we shared from the stage, I shared a message about the idea of being generous, the pattern of generosity. And we invited you to consider taking a step to partner with us financially to give through the local church, uh, uh, give a tithe through the local church to impact people's lives. We had 13 people, 13 families sign up last week to take a next step in their own life and their finances to begin to tithe uh, as, a, as a regular part of their generosity, a regular part of their giving. And I'm just thankful for that. If you were one of those 13 families, man, we celebrate that step with you. If you took a step at all last week in terms of giving, if you gave for the first time or you uh, committed to being regular or you stepped up and and started tithing. That is a huge deal. And it'll make a significant difference uh, because Solace Church will steward those resources to honor God and to impact people's lives. But I want you to know that it's going to make a difference in your life. It's going to make a huge difference in your own personal world. And I'm thankful that you chose to take that step. This series uh, has been all about helping us establish or maybe even reestablish patterns that lead to life. All of us, every single person in the room, from time to time, we find ourselves being engaged in or with patterns that are ultimately not best for us. You have them in your life. I have them in my life. And, and, and just being honest about the fact that we all have patterns that are counterproductive and that ultimately aren't, aren't honoring to God is the first step, I think, in really getting freedom from this. Just being real about who we are is a critical part of that journey. And so think about the ground we've covered for this series. We've covered the idea of being uh, uh, developing a pattern or habit of attending together, gathering together as a church. That's a huge pattern to start the year off. We talked about the pattern of, of, of habitual sin and how that robs us from God's best for our life and being freed from that habitual pattern of sin and establishing some patterns that are all about the spiritual side of me, that is to read regularly the Bible, to pray, not just prayers asking for something from God, but asking how God might be able to do a work in us. What does God want from us? That kind of pattern of surrender, uh, cruciformity, that's the word we talked about. And last week we talked about generosity, the idea of establishing a pattern of being rich towards God. That's incredible ground to cover. And I would say to you that if you establish those three patterns this year, that you, would, that you would go a long way in finding your life enriched and finding God being able to do some incredible things in you and through you. So uh, that if, if we ended already, we're not, but if we ended already, that's great ground to cover. There's one more, though, that I think is important for us to consider. And I would say to you that this one may be the most difficult of the four. It's right up there with, with getting out of the pattern of greed and into the pattern of generosity. It's right up there. Actually, what Scripture has to say about it is if we can get this part under control, 
then we can, actually, we can actually control all of our lives. Like if we could learn to have, a, have a, this kind of pattern established, that there would be nothing in our lives that, that we wouldn't be able to get under control. If you know scripture, you know where I'm going already. Um, th- th- this thing that we're going to talk about today is so, so significant that it has the power of both life and death. And that, that when we begin to understand the significance of what we're going to talk about today, we can begin to realize that, that we have the ability to impact significantly, for good or for bad, depending on how this pattern is being carried out in our lives. Do you know what it is yet? It's what we say. It's how we use our, our mouth, our tongue. It's an incredible pattern. The truth is, if we were to all be honest, as I've already talked about today, I think we would all come to terms with the fact that that all of us at some point, and maybe some of us at every point, struggle with keeping our our words holy and pure and good. Um, Some of us in the room, if we were to be honest, this last week we cussed a lot. I know it's the church, you're not supposed to do that, and you're supposed to, you know, you're a Christian, and that's not supposed to be a part of what Christians do. But some of you in the room, your mouth, that's just what it is, you cuss a ton. And, and, and you may be in a place in your life where the pattern is so ingrained in your, in, your, in your conversations that you don't even know you're doing it anymore. It's just so a part of what you normally say that it's just kind of just it's part of who you are now. Some of us last week, we gossiped a bunch. We got with our groups, and we just, you know, we just... We really got into the good, good conversations that's about the community and all that's going wrong or right. You got, you got involved in that. Some of us this last week, we manipulated our, 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 our customers at work or we, we, uh, we lied to our spouse or our kids or our friends. We just were living a life of deceit and you're just in that pattern of constantly covering up or constantly acting like you're somebody that you're not. That's just the pattern that we get ourselves into. Some of us were just outright rude and mean. Some of us live in the pattern of being rude and mean. When, when, when we're around, we know, you know, when people are around you, some of us in the room, when they're around you, they leave discouraged because they've been with you. They leave beat up instead of filled with life. And so the, the truth is, and I could go on and on, and it would be more painful as we go on, but the truth is, all of us in the room, if we were honest, this whole idea of what we say and the pattern of being honoring to God with our mouths is a big, big challenge for us. And so... This series we've been talking about not conforming to the patterns of this world, but being transformed. This is a verse we've been looking at the entire time, right? Do not conform to the patterns any longer, the patterns of this world, but be transformed. Let's talk about how to be transformed today with what we say. All right, so Proverbs teaches us in chapter 18 that the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it, the, the better translation is those who are talkative. Those who carry on conversations, those who love to talk, they will eat of its fruit. That is, if it is life-giving, you will reap the benefits of life-giving conversations. If it is is not life-giving, if it is death, you will also reap the benefits of that as well, or the consequences of that. The power of the tongue holds life and death. And, that, and James comes alongside that years and years later, right? You have Proverbs as Old Testament, James in the New Testament. He said, look, the tongue's a powerful, powerful thing. If you can get control of it, you can control your entire life. And, and it has the ability to set on course this incredible fire that begins to rage out of control if we're not careful. And, and with, the, with, with the same mouth, we struggle with blessing and cursing. And this shouldn't be a part of our existence. Well, so think about those two ideas for a moment. And then couple with that what Paul has to say in Ephesians 
chapter 4. Now, Paul does us a huge favor because Paul actually gets very specific. He doesn't talk in generalities about the power of the tongue and about how dangerous or awesome it is. Paul says, let's get more specific. Let's talk about where you live. Let's talk about what it looks like for you to go to work and for you to go to school and for you to go home and how you have conversations. And so here's what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4. I want to look there with you. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22 uh, is where I want to just start. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you have your iPhones, check in Facebook and then go to the Bible app and look there with me. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22. Paul says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life. Remember, Paul, Paul also in Romans says, don't conform to the old patterns, the former way. He says, you were taught to put off your old self. That is the old patterns that lead to death. Put those off because it's being corrupted by its deceitful desires. The reason why we put this off is because it's not beneficial anymore. It was a part of who we were, but not a part of who we are now. We put that off because it's counterproductive to everything you want to see God do through you and everything I want to see God do through me. He goes on to say in verse 23, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. That is, there's a transformation going on up here that leads to real life change. And then verse 24, he says this, and to put on the new self, right? So I'm going to take off the old pattern that leads to death, and I'm going to put on a new pattern that leads to life. I'm going to begin to do things differently. Now he's getting ready to tell you specifically what those are. Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, Paul is going to give us three specifics in terms of how we talk that I think all of us need to hear for just a moment this morning. I think it's interesting that it's Next Step Sunday, right? A next step in the way that I talk. In the way that I communicate. Paul's going to show us in the next couple of verses, actually in verse 25, he's going to tell us to speak truthfully. He's going to tell us to speak truthfully. A pattern for some of us this year in 2017 may may very well be that this year I'm going to stop manipulating. I'm going to stop deceiving. I'm going to stop lying. And I'm going to start speaking truthfully. This is the way Paul says it in verse number 25. Therefore, because that is true, because we're putting off our old self and putting on our new self, because that is true, each of, us, each of you, each of us must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. Now, who is your neighbor? It is anyone you come into contact with. In this context, it can be your spouse, your kids, your co-workers, your classmates, your community, your friends. Let's be honest. Do you have a lying problem? Are you living in a pattern where you just cannot come to terms with what's really going on? And so you're living, you're living in a pattern of always trying to cover up what's really true about what you're doing or what's going on in your marriage, at your home, to your parents, to your friends. Are you living in this pattern? Now, here's the thing about it. Some of you are really good. Some of us are really good at cover up. You have become so good at it that it's so ingrained in who you are that it's the natural inclination in your life. Do you know that there are some people that even when when it doesn't even matter, there's no real consequence to telling the truth, they still lie because it's a part of who they are? Do you know some people find themselves in that pattern? That it becomes such a part of who they are, they don't even know how to tell the truth anymore. Paul calls us out of that and says, hey, listen, there is no benefit 
no benefit to staying in a pattern of coming up with lie after lie after lie. There is great freedom in telling the truth of speaking honestly with people. Now, the conversation, we don't have time for this. This is our marriage series coming later, is how honest do you have to be, all right? We'll talk about that in a series coming up, because if your wife asks you to have a good in this dress, you're in a difficult situation if she doesn't, right? I get that there's always a balance to this idea. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying that inside the heart, there is deceit that needs to be freed so that you can begin to speak honestly. What kind of conversations need to happen? What kind of confession needs to happen in your life so that you can begin to start a pattern of speaking truthfully to those who are in your life? Speak truthfully. No falsehoods. In 2017, new chapter, new pattern for some of us in the room. We're going to be honest. We're going to speak truthfully. The second pattern you see in this passage of Scripture is to speak constructively. Go down with me in verse number 29. It's pretty cool. In verse 20, 29, after Paul talks about don't be angry when you sin and don't let the devil have a foothold, which is a whole great message again that I could preach in and of itself, but Paul goes on to say about speaking, he says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Do you see the focus here? That, that we establish this pattern of honesty that we're going to speak truthfully to one another. We're also going to speak constructively to one another. What does that mean? That is, we're not going to be overly critical of people. We're not going to be overly judgmental of people. But rather, when we interact with our wife or our husband or our kids or our parents or our neighbors or friends or coworkers in our, in our communities, we are going to speak constructively to people. There's, if we were again, just looking deeply into our own hearts, some of us in the room, we have very, very sharp tongues when it comes to how we communicate with people. You are very quick to criticize, and you give very little life from you when you communicate. When people are around you, again, they leave thinking they are the most, they are, they are broken, they are worthless, they are, they are wounded, and they don't feel encouraged or refreshed at all. Is that you? I mean, if I were to spend like 15, 20 minutes with you, would I leave like, oh my gosh, I'm depressed. Some of us in the room are that way. Here's the deal. Some of us in the room have, have this pattern of cynicism so that you can find the wrong in every situation. You can find every broken spot in every person that you come into contact with. And if you live in that kind of cynicism or judgmentalism, that you actually begin to affect other people's ability to rise out of their brokenness and into the freedom that God has for us. That's why Jesus, when he's giving this great message, the Sermon on the Mount, he says, before you spend all of your time focused on the speck of dust in in, in your neighbor's eye, take a moment to look at the plank coming out of your own eye. That is to say, there's plenty wrong with me in and of myself. So I need to get my, my, first myself in a position where God can begin to use me, that I can look inwardly first, then I can begin to speak life outwardly. Is anything wrong with speaking truth? Of course not. That's part of what we're doing today. Is anything wrong with, with speaking things as they are? Some of you would say, well, I'm, 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 I know you said I'm cynicism, cynical or judgmental, but the truth is I'm just a realist. I just tell people like it is, right? And we buy into the idea that, that because we're just like, you know, just, just telling people like it is, that, that somehow justifies some of the comments that come out of our mouth. I would just say to you, what it would look like this year in 2017? What would it look like for you, to, for you to stop focusing everything that's broken and just really start speaking constructively, speaking life into your spouse, speaking life into your parents, into your kids? What would that look like for you? Speak constructively. Paul goes on to say in the text, actually down in chapter 5, this is really important, and this is, uh, this is one that we don't like to deal with much, but Paul says on in, down in the chapter that we should also speak with purity. 
So I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be constructive in my words. And then third, I'm going to speak with purity. This is what he says in chapter 5, verse number 4. After he's saying there shouldn't be immorality or any, any kind of, there's several other sins he lists just before this. After that, he says, nor should there be any obscenity. That's cussing. Foolish talk. Coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Hmm. <clears throat> Fellas, I've not found a more fitting verse for us in Scripture than this verse. Oh, ladies, you're not the hook just yet. Hang on, you're next. But guys, guys, this, this is us. I mean, top to bottom, this is us. Um, I've been in the locker room, this is us. I've been at the workplace, us. School, us. Close friends, us. <clears throat> Okay, all right, I gotta, I gotta be quick with this. <clears throat> this stuff is funny. No, I'm, I'm serious. This stuff makes me laugh. I hate to admit it, but there are some jerks, jokes, jerks. <laughs> it's good. You can't make that up. <laughs> Nicely done. There are some jokes should never be told but are hysterical. There's sometimes that a cuss word is the most fitting word, period. In my flesh, it works perfectly. <clears throat> We're pretty good at this as well. My wife tends to just roll her eyes pretty constantly at me. There Matt is again. What if this year we made the decision that we would not let this just be Matt in the locker room of life, but, but rather that I would begin to realize that, that out of my mouth cannot come both curses and blessings. That God has given me the ability to speak so that I can be honest, constructive, and pure. Rather than these things, we're called to thanksgiving. All right, guys, I just lost you there. You're like, oh, my gosh, i got to turn into a girl. <laughs> right? No. The most fierce, courageous man I know is Jesus. And when he spoke, his voice was filled with authority and power and truth. He's my pattern. I want to follow him. Now, real quick, ladies. I used to think that this verse was only for men. It's not. Truth is, this verse is for you as well. There are some ladies who can cuss way more than some men. Truth. There's some foolish talk that comes out of the mouth of some women as well. 
You can create all kinds of false scenarios that will never be true, but you can begin to believe them as truth and begin to regurgitate them and affect your marriage and your friendships and your community. And I used to think it was only guys who had locker room talk that there were jokes out of place, but it ain't true. Think for a moment about the power of your word. 26 letters in the alphabet. Those letters standing alone by themselves mean very little. But those letters collected together in words, which are collected together in sentences, have the ability to set your life on a course of life or death. Now I want you to think about that for a moment. And I want you to think about a verse in the Old Testament. And maybe it should become a life verse for us. Out of the mouth of David himself. Actually, if there's a pattern this year that I think would be good in terms of our speech. It might be good to start with this verse. If you've never memorized this verse. I would highly encourage you to snap a picture of this. Or go to your Bibles and mark it and let it become a part of how you, how you start your day. This is what David says in Psalm 19, 14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Do you know why this verse is so powerful? Because this is what Jesus says. Jesus says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Do you know what that means? Whether we like to admit it or not, how we communicate the words we say, the sentences we use, how we engage in conversation is representative of our heart. Oh, I was just teasing that joke. It really doesn't mean anything. It's the heart. Oh, I say those cuss words. I grew up saying those words. It's the heart. Oh, we always get around to gossip together. Come on. I mean, it's just how we do it. It's the heart. So, this year, Solace Church, may the words of my mouth and the meditations, what I dwell on in my heart, be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer, so that what's true about here will come out here. Will you join me in that? No, no, no. Think about this, and I'm going to pray for you. And then we're going to do some really cool stuff next. I mean, this has been good so far. Really good. Mostly good. We're going to see some people take some steps. But before we do that, I want you to think about this, just as vision. What does a church look like when we're faithful to meet together, when we're getting rid of sin that entangles us and holds us back, when we give generously, and when we start speaking the truth, speaking constructively, giving thanks with our mouths? What does that church look like? I want to be a part of that church. I want to be around those people because they're world changers. So I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Hey, this is Pastor Matt Blair. Thank you so much for taking time to check out our podcast today at solacechurch.com. You know, we realize that it's possible as you listen to this message today that God may have spoken to your heart about something. So if you made any kind of spiritual decision, we would love to know about that. 
You can email us at info at solacechurch.com and let us know what happened in your life today. Once again, thank you so much for taking time to check out this podcast.